recording in progress. <laughs> hey man, how are you doing today? I'm good, Donald. Yeah, yeah. It um, how's the weather down in uh, Austin, Texas? Oh, it's breezy today. I mean, I've never seen wind like this. I just and it's warm, so I, I thought it was gonna be kind of you know sometimes breeze means like you know kind of northers coming in and it cools the things down, but it is like 75 76 degrees and it is just breezy it's the weirdest weirdest thing well 75 is is not as bad as it was when i came to visit you uh before well not that i came to visit you i came to visit we met how did we yeah. meet? uh came well to sands bar yeah yeah i came to <laughs> sands bar well you know obviously your digital presence and and the work you do with sands bar and promoting um, a recovery lifestyle that's fun. And, uh, um, but I came to visit my daughter in Austin and, uh, the timing was amazing. You were having a, an event at Sands Bar and, um, I got to come and visit and there's nothing like rolling into a new town and having, uh, having some sober fun somewhere, some recovery friendly, recovery supportive something going on and y'all had it going on. Well, I mean, I, I was really glad to meet you. And it was just like the stars lined up perfectly. Um, we have a we have a great event that night and uh, just a lot of fun. I mean, that's that's what I believe is the the key to long-term recovery is having a life filled with fun, adventure, um, a life that you wanna stay alcohol free for. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast is we're kind of uh, highlighting folks who have resolved a chaotic relationship with alcohol or other drugs, and but they're having fun now and they're creating and they're making their lives extraordinary and their recovery is contagious and they're trying to encourage other folks to come get them some too. And uh, I was picking up that vibe from you, Chris, for sure. Um, cool. So do, do you identify as, as a person in recovery? I do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, how I identify myself has changed over the years, for sure. Uh, but I've been alcohol free since February 16th of 2007. Uh, so in a few months, I'll have 15 years. How about them apples? <laughs> I celebrated uh, 17 this month along with a couple friends of mine, uh, the first guest on the show, Eric Jennings, ce celebrated um, 24 years on the 26th mm. of this month. Our second guest, um, Roxanne McDonald, celebrated uh, uh, 24 years on the 8th. So it's just uh, lots of good times. Oh, I, lo I love it. And I think that um, I'm so encouraged and inspired to see new people coming into recovery. Um, but I, I love the fact that there are some people who are who have been around a while um it shows me that it continues to to get greater the longer you stay alcohol free and it's it's always been an inspired inspiration for me to see people uh that have more more time than i do um it's it shows me that this is a, a road that's worth continuing to walk down <laughs> they don't look like they've been trudging uphill with a backpack full of rocks through a veil <laughs> of tears <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. So um, what does recovery mean to you? We don't all agree on what that definition mm. is, nor should we, but, um, you know, broadly speaking, man, you know, what, what, what does it mean to you? 
a daily decision to love myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my that, God. Yeah. Like I wake up every single day and I have to make a decision. Like today, are you going to love yourself? Are you going to give yourself grace? Are you going to be good to yourself? And every day for the past almost 15 years, days not always been the best, but I've also like, even in the bad days made a decision, like, even if you didn't do the best, you the best thing, you did something wrong. Like I straight up did something wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've done a lot. I've done a lot of that in the, in the past, you know, 14 same. years. Like I, I've, I'm not a saint, um, but <laughs> even in those moments, I'm like, okay, I still am worthy of being loved. And whatever I did, um, it's not it's not bad enough to condemn me to to the way things were before. So yeah, that's how I would define recovery because I think people's definition can change and evolve and we all see see it differently. Yeah. Um, you know, I think some people look at, you know, kind of clinical way of looking at this or spiritual way of looking at this. I, I there's no wrong way, but for this person, I, I definitely think that it is about especially days when I'm, when I'm not <laughs> all on fire about recovery, like to, to wake up and say, you know what, I'm not on fire about today, but you know what, I'm gonna get up and do it. I'm, I'm gonna get up and do it. I'm gonna get up and be myself and love myself enough to keep walking. Man, I love it. I love me. And my definition of recovery has evolved over time as well. And, and uh, there was a clinical background where it got in the weeds for a minute there. And you have a bit of a clinical background yourself, Chris. Yeah, um, I, you know, went the whole wounded warrior, wounded healer <laughs> path, you know. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's like the, the 17th step or something. Uh, you just like, it, it made sense. And, you know, I mm -hmm. was, I got sober when I was 23 years old. And you know, in terms of wreckage, I didn't have much like wreckage in like, I didn't, I didn't have a marriage to lose. I didn't have a 401k to squander away. Like I didn't have a, a, a you know, a car. I didn't have many things in life. Uh, I didn't, you know, so it was, there was a blank slate in front of me, right? Like I, the only wreckage I had to work out, kind of clean up was relational stuff. Mm. Uh, and that wasn't easy, but it was a little bit easier than like, reorganizing your life so I didn't know what to do now I was sober it's like now what yeah. and uh went to school uh took an aptitude test they were like you can be these things and <laughs> none of them paid well I was like well <laughs> if you're not going to get paid well I might as well do something I love and I love working with people and uh went to school uh finished my finished my college education became a counselor and I did that for eight years and um it was while I was working as a counselor at all levels of care. Eventually I got to work at all levels from detox to outpatient, um, working with dual diagnosed individuals. You know, I, I learned so much about um, recovery and I learned so much about the disease, the disease model of addiction and, you know, all the, all the clinical stuff. Um, but what I kept seeing happening over and over again in my profession were people that were coming in and they didn't quite meet that criteria for alcohol use disorder. Mm -hmm. A lot of them just didn't 
they were, you know, Austin's a party city, people came into town, or they were, you know, out with friends, they had a drink, they got behind the wheel, they got a DWI, and they would mm -hmm. be sent to like the county education services, and, you know, they would see me, um, and like, okay, so this is the only negative consequence you've had, and you've stopped drinking since then, okay, well, where do you go, like, where, <laughs> what happens to you, what happens to you is, you know, you, you finish out your, your legal stuff, and a lot of people in that time would say to me, like, wow, I don't identify as someone who has a problem, but once I stopped drinking because I had to for this negative consequence I got, I don't want to go back to it. But at the same time, I don't know what else to do. And I'd also see people who were like me, who absolutely um, did meet all those criteria, who did have withdrawal, who did, um, you know, just, just check off all the boxes. And those people had the same problem. What do I do when I stop drinking or using other substances? How do I live my life? Mm -hmm. And similar um, experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's fantastic. You've, you've told the tale similar to my own, you know, getting to a point in my recovery, what do I want to be when I get big? And it's just a natural inclination to maybe pursue this clinical counseling path. And then you mentioned another thing. You mentioned a deeper understanding of the disease model of addiction. And that's where we hung our hat for some time now. But there is very much so a rising understanding of the role uh, disconnection play. And I was reading up in, uh, in the Sandsbar literature about uh, your focus on um, promoting connection and, 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 and the, the healing power. Of, of, of folks coming together and, and having some fun. And uh, so tell me about, um, you know, how the idea of Sandsbar evolved and, and maybe touch on that, that connection piece if, if you get around to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I was saying, I was working with these people, you know, one group of people were, had a negative consequences, could stop, uh, probably wouldn't continue to seek recovery. You know, they're just, you know, they're just, they just didn't want to drink again because they didn't want, they didn't like those feelings. Then we had people that definitely were like, 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 you know, they were alcohol use disorder individuals, right? Like they had that thing, right? And they knew that they need to stay away from alcohol. Yeah. So uh, I was working and I just kind of see this like recidivism happen, like with people coming back and back and back and back. And as an industry, I felt like the treatment industry became com complacent with yes. this reality like we, we're used to seeing people come back seven times eight times and we really have nothing but the same tools to offer them right on um I, I can't think of any other um you know I, I mean to relate to medicine like if yeah um you we know treat, someone, we treat no other chronic illness like we right we right substance use right and so like it's just <laughs> like you know yeah, so I'm preaching to the choir here, but you know what I mean. So, so I was like, I okay, you. we I have to, we you. have to do something different. Yeah. Um, and I, and I frankly, and just to be honest with you, Donald, I just, I lost about three clients back to back. Um, and that's part of the deal. Like I, I, Me know, too. I lost eight years. I've lost, I lost lots of clients, but yeah, I lost three back to back. And one of them was a person who just was, was struggling. They were just in their thirties professional college educated great career and the last conversation we had was like i wish i could go somewhere else on a friday night i wish i didn't have to go out with my friends and that stuck with me 
and that was in 2015 and 2017. Um, I, I got serious about this idea of an alcohol-free space because I I believe that no one's cause of death could should be lack of connection. Right lack of connection should never be the cause of death for anyone. And I feel like so many people lose their lives, never get to have um, this wonderful world of recovery because they are so disconnected from society. They feel so alone and isolated yes. that it makes sense for them to return back to something that they know yes. is Russian roulette. The people know, like they know that if I drink again, I could get behind the wheel and get in trouble again. Or if I, you know, choose to use this substance, I could be back in trouble again. Yeah. But the, but the, the isolation piece is so great that they, they risk it. Yeah, that despair is, is so great that, that the medicine that we've used before calls us back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Yep. Well, that's a tragic uh, uh, Genesis story, but uh, um, a tremendous um, inspiration to, uh, to, we get these ideas sometimes and not everybody follows through with them and you did. And it was there when I needed it, when I rolled up into Austin and I was wanting to connect with uh, folks at Recovery ATX and yourself. Good times, good times. So connection, splendid. Well, let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. <laughs> um, I like to have fun in recovery, man. You know, I like to, I like to, like I did in Austin, man. I rolled in, I hit the recovery community center up, man. I hit up the pie shop. I went to Tiny Pies had me some pies and uh you know i like to go hiking in the woods uh and i like to uh, go out to dinner with my wife and listen to live music we went to see michael buble last night you know I like, nice. I like to recover out loud you know and it's it's not uh it's not attention seeking behavior it's me wanting to promote recovery visibility you know i'm having fun it's not a veil of tears so what do you do to have fun in recovery chris oh well <laughs> i mean i I happen to just by proxy, a byproduct of me owning a, this business is I get to have a lot of fun. Um, how I got so lucky, I don't know. I, I don't, I really don't know. But like part of my job is to, how I feed my kids is to throw parties. Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's remarkable. Um, but when I'm not, you know, having fun at the bar, um, I, I'm having fun hiking kind of like you I love nature nature absolutely saved my life um big part of the reason why I chose to stay sober um I I realized how nature just made me feel right-sized every single time nothing else now you know relationships don't always guarantee that right-sizedness your job profession doesn't always guarantee that right-sizedness but the the this planet and the nature that it offers always makes me feel just the right size never too big but also never too small. I always feel like I'm just, just right. I, I am um, not a blade of grass, but I'm not a mountain either. I am somewhere in the middle. And I, I love that about nature. So you'll find me in nature. Uh, I, I get up and run uh, on, on, on a good day. Uh, I get up and go run at 5 a.m. before the world wakes up. Love doing that. Mm. Uh, that's fairly new. I, I just started that about <laughs> two years ago. Um, keep it but, up. Uh, thanks. And what else? I love to write, um, spend time with my family, got a wife and two kids. Um, but most importantly, it, it is about having that, those smaller 
more quiet connections with my friends. Um, I really, I really crave connection because I think that for me, the 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 core of my drinking was seeking connection. Yes. The first drink I had was because I wanted to connect to a group of guys. They were all drinking, and even though I I just had this this sense I. I, it's, it was my gut. My gut said at 16, like, do not do this. It will not end well for you. And I, I knew it. I knew it. And I've, and I've since trusted that gut on many other, thing, other things in my life. And it's been right. And so I knew then, but the, but the potential for connection was so great that I had to have this experience. So it's been, you know, my, my drinking was all about connection. And then my recovery has been all about connection. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the idea of recovering out loud I, or, or living out loud. I, I think that um, I'm glad people are saying that nowadays. And I'm glad that we're, we're talking about that. But I think that at some point, I want us to get to a point where we're just living. <laughs> like we don't have to say, and this is me out loud. It's just like, no, we're, we're living. And enough of if enough of us do it, um, it will feel normal. I think, I think that's that we're all working towards that day where it's just normal for us to go to concerts, to go on vacations and trips. And when we think of sobriety, we think of recovery, we think about those parts of it. Um, yeah. I think, I think that day is coming. That day is coming. Just live out loud. Yes. Wow. I dig it. Um, so what's going on? With Sanspar, do you have anything to promote in the coming days and months? Oh well, let's see. There's always something happening at Sanspar. Um, I uh, am planning a national tour. Yeah, you so, are. So, uh, <laughs> goodness gracious, I I'm going to hit a couple of them dates too. I guarantee. Come you. on, come on, come right. on. Um, so, it just in January alone, uh, January 2022 for Dry January. We're going to Atlanta, Seattle, Boise, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. We were going to go to Raleigh, but we ended up going to uh, Charlotte because it looks like it's 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 got a little bit more of what we need in the way of like venue spaces. Um, and I think people will travel. I think people, you know, I will. I I, I hope so. I hope people travel. Uh, someone sent me um a screenshot of their their plane ticket they're flying from new york to atlanta so they can be a part of the atlanta so people people will travel um and uh these experiences are gonna be great it's gonna be lots of fun most importantly it's gonna be an opportunity to do just what we're talking about just to celebrate being alive to make memories to make um connections with each other um this is not going to be just a happy hour this is going to really be an opportunity for people to to share a little bit of themselves with the stranger um yeah and 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 have some great drinks while doing it too great drinks so sans underscore bar on instagram uh you have a link tree that you can jump onto there to find out where all your uh all your presences are and find out what's going on with you and i'll post some cool stuff with it to, with this episode to try and get folks to to jump on board i know i'm going to come see you and oh yeah probably going to come to atlanta too that's where my good friend eric jennings lives the the musician on the first episode he is a splendid fellow um how about a message chris and hate to put you on the spot but we always end with um 
with some kind of uh, message because millions of people are going to listen to this episode and and i want you to holler into the microphone and, and lay down a little wisdom for me if you got something to share huh let me think <laughs> um <laughs> i i'm gonna say what i always say when it comes to things like this um you cannot fail when it comes to getting healthier living a better life um, stopping or slowing your alcohol use you cannot fail you only fail when you stop um, because it's a decision just like i said the decision to get up every single day and love myself i believe that if you're if you're trying to live better the attempt is progress. That's it. The attempt is the thing. Mm -hmm. Love yourself. I love your definition of recovery, Chris. It is, it is. I'm going to go back and listen to it over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, I've never even articulated it in that way. I mean, for it to come out of my mouth. It, um, it, seemed, it seemed like an authentic inspiration in the moment. For yeah. I love, thank you. Thank you for facilitating that question in this conversation. I, again, look forward to talking with you more. I genuinely enjoyed meeting you in Austin and I, I look forward to uh, connecting with you across the country now. Across the country. Right on, man. Well, listen, uh, have a good day, my friend, and I'll see thank you soon. You. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So that'll be a nice little end.